0: Hallelujah. Praise God. Our God is a faithful God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Welcome everybody this morning and all of you watching by way of internet. We welcome you into our service today and we're grateful to have you watching. Praise God. We believe you'll not be disappointed. Amen. Amen? Amen. Praise God. We preach the word around here. Amen. 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 Nobody comes in this pulpit who does not preach the word, the uncompromising word. Hallelujah. Amen. We don't allow unbelief in our, in our midst. Praise God. Amen. Uh, we have all of our international directors with us today from Australia, from UK, uh, Africa. Uh, all you guys stand. You, you've seen them before. Give them a good welcome today. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Open your Bibles, if you will, to Psalm 16, first of all, Psalm 16. And turn and look at the front screen and repeat that with me. The faithful shall flourish and it shall be like days of heaven on earth. Tell at least two people, the faithful shall flourish and it shall be like days of heaven on earth. Tell one more person. How many of you really believe that? Praise God. Amen. It's a promise from God. It's our prophetic word for the year. Praise God. It's the reason we have it on the screen. The Bible says, write the vision, make it plain, so that he that reads it can run with it. That run with it part means it'll motivate them, keep them motivated. This morning, I want to talk about the path to a lifestyle of flourishing. The path to a lifestyle of flourishing. Psalm 16, verse 11, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In Thy presence is fullness of joy. At Thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Notice, Thou wilt show me the path of life. Go to Psalm 25. Psalm 25, and verse 4. Show me Thy ways, O Lord. Teach me Thy paths. Show me thy ways, O Lord, and teach me thy path. And then go to Psalm 65. There are many, many verses in the Bible that talk about the path of God. God has a path. And those that get on that path, it leads to success. It leads to victory, praise God. But you've got to be on the path. Psalm 65 and verse 11 Thou crownest the year with thy goodness, and thy paths drop fatness. The New International Version says, your paths overflow with abundance. Your path overflows with abundance. In each of these Psalms that we've just read, and there are many, many more, the writer recognizes that there is two distinct paths. Number one, there is the path of God. Number two, there's the path that the world is on. And it makes very clear that we need to be crying out like David did. Show me the path of life. I've been on that other path. Anybody else been on that other path? And that path, the Bible says, leads to destruction. There is a way that seemeth right. It only seems right. It's not right. It seems right. And that path leads to destruction. But the path that God has ordained is a path to life. God's path leads to real life. John chapter 10 and verse 10, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The Amplified Bible says, I came that they might have and enjoy life. Enjoy life. Christians are supposed to be enjoying life. You know, if you look at some Christians, you think, "Boy, they don't enjoy life at all. And that's the reason, you know, that a lot of people don't want any part of Christianity yeah. Yeah. is because so many people represent it in a wrong way. Yes, I'm enjoying life. Yes, Anybody else in here enjoying life? Yes, and I, I'm living for God. Hallelujah. Yes, I live for God every day of my life. Yes, I'm totally committed to God. Yes. I'm not seeking my own. I'm seeking what blesses him. I have the desire to be like Jesus. And that is, he said, I do always those things that please my father. That's what I'm out to do. I'm looking for ways to please my father. And yet at the same time, I'm enjoying life. Hallelujah. Do I look like a sad person? I don't get down. Well, I get down, but I don't get down. (laughs) All right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, you black folks in here, you think I don't get down? <laughs> it's not quite as good as you get down, but I get down. Hallelujah. Amen. No, I don't, I don't get down depressed. I don't have depressed days. Like Jesse said, I tried it, didn't like it. Hallelujah. Amen. I haven't been depressed, and I don't know when. I don't, be, I, I don't get sad. I don't. I don't have lonely days. You know, no. praise God. I got God. I got Carolyn. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Even when I'm away, I know I'm coming back. Praise God. I just just finished a month long tour. I've been in South Africa, three cities in South Africa. Uh, wasn't it three cities? Three cities in South Africa, uh, in the UK, several, several churches in the UK, Wales, a couple of churches in Wales, Italy, praise God. I've been away for a whole month and uh, man, I didn't have any sad day whatsoever during that whole month. Praise God. Blessing people, ministering to people, getting people healed, getting people set free. Don't ask me if I ever have any fun. I have more fun than anybody I know. Hallelujah. I had a cousin one time, you know, after he heard I got saved and I went into the ministry, he said, well, you don't have any fun anymore, do you? I said, I'm having more fun now than I ever had in my life. How could you possibly have fun being a preacher? I said, have you ever seen people? get out of wheelchairs? Have you ever seen blind eyes open? Have you ever seen people get set free from demonic oppression? Oh, that's fun. Hallelujah. I just, I just thought, I just thought I was having fun before I got saved. I'm really having fun now. Amen. Praise God. I remember one time in Savannah, Georgia, they, they brought a little girl into the uh, meeting and actually she was probably about I think they said about 12 years old, but she was very small in stature. She'd never really matured, never, never really progressed. And uh, they brought her to the meeting every service. I was there for four or five days, three services a day. And, and they'd bring her into the auditorium, and she'd just groan and moan, and, and slava would come out of her mouth, and, and, uh, and, and the stench of it was almost unbearable if you got close to her. And she never walked. She never spoke. And she was just like a vegetable, you know. And, and they brought that girl into that service, every service. And the last uh, afternoon service, the Lord said, I want you to take that little girl in your arms and hold her while you preach this morning. And so I asked the parents for permission to do so. And I took that little girl in my arms. She urinated all over me the stench from the saliva that came out of her mouth was almost unbearable. And just the weight, carrying almost like dead weight for almost an hour while I preached that morning. And then when I got through, I handed her back to her parents. In the natural, it didn't look like anything had happened. But that night when they came in, they said, Brother Jerry, we've had a miracle. That little girl was walking next to them. Praise God. Amen. That little girl, during the night after they left that service, or or during the day, uh, they took her home. They put her in a crib that that they had, a special crib, and uh, put the rails up on it so she couldn't get out. And they heard some noise in her bedroom. And they walked in the bedroom and saw that little girl was outside of that crib sitting in the floor. She raised up and looked at her mom and dad and said, mama, I'm hungry. First word she ever spoke, mama, I'm hungry. And they took her into the kitchen and they fed her. And uh, she walked into that service that night. Don't tell me I don't have fun. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And that's just one of many, many miracles I've seen in my life. Praise God. One night in Nigeria, 15 minutes into the service. Over, uh, I think it was over 50,000 people out in a, uh, uh, an open-air crusade. And 15 minutes into the service, 21 blind eyes were opened instantly, praise God. People started throwing wheelchairs over to the side, crutches over to the side. I didn't get to preach anymore. I just had them come up and testify. And once they began to testify, it was like a wave of the anointing came on that place, praise God miracles, signs and wonders. Hallelujah. Don't tell me I don't have fun. Hallelujah. Amen. And I believe the fun is just really about to begin because we are headed for the greatest days of our lives. Hallelujah. We're headed for the greatest miracles that we've ever experienced. Can you say amen? Give the Lord a shout if you believe it. Amen. So the Bible says, Jesus came that we might have life, that we might have it more abundantly. The Amplified says, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full and until it overflows. Look at somebody and say, I'm supposed to be living a full life. Hallelujah. Add to it until it overflows. The message translation says, better life than they've ever dreamed. How many of you are living better life than you ever dreamed? I never dreamed as a young boy that life could be this good. I never dreamed uh, as a young man that Christianity could be this good. Hallelujah. I'm living it, praise God. Better life than they ever dreamed. So God's path leads not only to eternal life, but also a life of abundance. Abundant life. Say it with me. Abundant life. Amen. That's not just a life that we enjoy when we get to heaven. We're supposed to enjoy abundant life while we're in the earth, praise God. Thy will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. I, 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 I began desiring to live the abundant life long ago. And the main reason is because I didn't want to get to heaven and it be unfamiliar to me. Amen. I mean, I don't want to go up to heaven and say, golly, shazam. And God said, you could have been living this way down there. Amen. The only difference in earth and heaven, when you understand the word and you live by the word of God, the only difference is. The devil's not going. Amen. Aren't you glad of that? That means your faith will have no resistance. But praise God. He intends for you to live in abundance down here. Just like in heaven. Did you notice in my father's house are many mansions? Not shacks. Mansions. Look at your neighbor and say mansions. Glory to God. Carol and I just bought a new home uh, between Granberry and Weatherford and out on a ranch property. And, and uh, oh man, it's awesome. <laughs> we sold our Granberry property and invested in this piece of property. And, oh man, it is awesome. I'm getting ready for my mansion in heaven. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. I said, glory, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Man, cattle all over the place. There's a cattle on a thousand hills. Glory to God. Everywhere I look, it's God saying, if you think this is beautiful, wait till you get to heaven. But he's preparing me, praise God. Some people think it says, in my father's house are many shacks. I go to repair one for thee. No. (laughs) It's in my father's house. There are many mansions. I go to prepare one for thee. Not repair, prepare. (laughs) Amen? Amen? Praise God. So God's path leads to life. A life of abundance. A life of flourishing. And as the Amplified Bible said, we are to enjoy life right here on the earth. And notice once again from the message translation, it's supposed to be a better life than we ever dreamed of. And once I got in the Word of God, uh, my dreams became bigger. I'm a big dreamer, praise God. How many of you have learned to dream bigger since you came to the Lord? Amen. Amen. I'm dreaming bigger dreams than I ever dreamed before. Amen. Amen. So what we need to do is simply get on God's path. And obviously it begins by making Jesus the Lord of your life. That's how it all begins. Once you make him Lord of your life, you get on the path. And then by allowing his word to become first place and final authority in your life. Those are the two first priorities. Number one, to get on God's path, the path to life, real life. You make Jesus the Lord of your life. And then the second thing you do is allow God's word to be first place and final authority. In fact, you know, I I think God would have the right to question whether you've really made Jesus Lord if you haven't done the second one. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Is Jesus really the Lord of your life if his word's not first place? If his word's not final authority. That's good. So you make Jesus the Lord of your life. And then from that point, that's the beginning. And then you allow the word of God to be first place in your life and final authority. Psalm 119 and <clears throat> verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In other words, God's word is what we look to for guidance. God's word is what we look to for direction. What we see in his word is what we do. Amen. Say that with me. What I see in his word, what in his word is, what is what I do. Say it again. What I see in his word, what in his word is, what is what I do. Now James calls this in James one twenty-two, Being a doer of the word and not a hearer only. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. He goes on to say in verse 25, that the doer of the word, this man, shall be blessed in his deeds. How many of you want to be blessed in everything you do? Then the Bible says, you must be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. See, that's the reason so many Christians today are not enjoying life to the fullest. They're not enjoying abundant life. They hear the word, but they don't do the word. It's not enough to just hear it. It's being a doer of it. And being a doer of it means that you've allowed it to become first place and final authority. If you have a choice between what man says and what the word says, you always go for what the word says. If you have a choice between what the media says and what God says, you always go for what God says. Amen. Amen. That's giving the word first place. That's making it final authority. But brother Jerry, uh, they said, well, who is they? Do they have more authority than God? I don't think so. So the word becomes a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. And if I'm a doer of the word, then God says that I will be blessed in my deed. What does it mean to be blessed? It means empower to prosper. It means to increase. It means to flourish. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? So there is a path to flourishing, but you have to get on the path. Now, if somebody comes and tells me, well, brother Jerry, you said, the Lord said to you that in 2017, the faithful shall flourish. And it'll be like days of heaven on earth. Well, Brother Jerry, I didn't flourish. Well, then I have a right to question whether you were faithful. Did I lose my audience or what? Did my mic go off? Were you faithful? Faithful people are doers of the word. Not just when it's comfortable. Not just when it's convenient. Not just when they like... Certain scriptures. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Like Jesse says, you know, I don't like that one that says, love your enemy. That I won't hurt my enemy. <laughs> Bless those that, that, that use you. Walk in love. How I many of you just told God sometimes, close your eyes. <laughs> put your hands over your ears. I'm about to say something, about to do something, and I know it's not going to be in love. Huh? When Carol and I first started out, <clears throat> you know, we were, we were still learning to be doers of the word. And of course, it was all brand new to me. And, uh, you know, the first three years of our marriage, it was uh, God who kept it together. We were two separate individuals. With two separate dreams Two separate goals Two separate people living under the same roof I was wanting to do things my way And she wanted to do things her way And um, that creates a lot of friction Creates a lot of strife You know And sometimes the only way To settle the argument Was with a frying pan <laughs> And uh, Carolyn knew where the frying pan was She chased me out of the house with it one time yeah, She chased me out of the house with a frying pan And her uncle lived next door to us And he was a detective on the police force <laughs> He'd come out there and he said If you two don't learn to live together I'm going to throw you both in jail you know. <laughs> so she quit with a frying, frying, uh, frying pan And she turned the water hose on me <laughs> And then she'd go to church One time, she was going down the steps to our, our garage apartment where we lived in first time. <clears throat> and she, she, she's, you know, mad at me and not going to church with her. And uh, she started down the steps, and I turned back around, and I saw her Bible on the shelf there. I turned around and said, you forgot this, you little holy angel. <laughs> hit her in the back of the head with it. But look at us now. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Look look at somebody and say, There is hope for us. <laughs> I I had a I had a sixty five GTO that I was racing back in those days. And she'd want me to go to church with her. And I wasn't going in that little stupid falcon she drove. Six cylinder falcon. I said, if, we go to, if I go to church with you, I'm going to my GTO. No, you'll race everybody on the way there. I said, you got that right. There, there is nobody going to beat me to the next intersection. I don't care if it's an old woman in a Volkswagen. I am going to beat her to the next intersection. <laughs> I'm not riding with you in your car. Well, then I'm not going with you in yours. She'd finally get in my car. I'd race all the way there. Just to make her mad And I was hoping she'd say I don't want you to go to church Go on back home That's exactly what I was wanting to hear Hallelujah! <laughs> One time I made her so mad On the way to church You know racing all the way And the church had a gravel parking lot Oh Jesus Do you know what a four speed GTO Will do in a gravel parking lot Well, that's exactly what I did. (laughs) So, you know, we're having to learn to walk in love. You know, I I, I wasn't going to divorce. That that was not an option. Somebody asked Jesse one time, have you and Kathy ever considered divorce? He said, divorce? No. Murder? Yes. (laughs) I, I guess I'm missing my little brother, Jesse. I keep thinking of, I keep thinking of things that Jesse says. And uh, so, you know, we're having to learn to walk in love. And I got in the Word of God and found out I was supposed to walk in love. Dear God, how are we going to walk in love? You know? And so I got over in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter. And I'm reading it one day. And everywhere I saw the word love, I thought, okay. I'm going to put Carolyn's name there. <laughs> Carolyn suffers long. <laughs> Carolyn is not envious. I thought, this is, this is good. I'm, I'm going to pray this over her. <laughs> but then I heard her on the, on, between the walls in the other room, and she had my name in there. <laughs> Jerry is not haughty. <laughs> Jerry is not puffed up. Jerry is not prideful. See, she's still doing it. (laughs) And I walked around there and I said, what are you putting my name in there for? She said, you need it just as much as I do. I got mad because she had my name in there. So once again, there is hope for all of you. Amen. Praise God. Those days are long gone. Glory to God. Amen. We learned to walk in love. And, and there's, my point is, there are some verses that you find that you wish you hadn't found. But you've got to be a doer of the Word. Can you say amen? Because that is the path to flourishing. That is the path to, to life, God kind of life. Amen. Strife will hinder your prayers. They'll hinder uh, the abundance that God wants to get to you. So once again, James says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So God has a path to a flourishing lifestyle and that path is found in his word. And once you discover what it says, then he expects you to be a doer of it. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter one, verses 10 and verse 15, my son If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Walk thou not in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. If sinners entice you, then he's saying, do not consent to what they are enticing you to do. Do not walk in the same path they walk in. Now here we could also say uh, for the word sinner, the non-believer. So don't, don't, Don't allow non-believers to determine your lifestyle. That's right. 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 Don't determine the non-believer to determine uh, uh, the way that you will live your life. Amen. Amen. There is a way that seems right. And that's that's that path that he's talking about here that the sinner lives on, that the non-believer lives in. So don't follow His advice, don't allow him to influence you to go his way because his way is going to end up being destructive. The way of the sinner and the way of the ungodly, it will produce temporary results, but they're not lasting results. Can you say amen? Amen. The Bible talks about the sinner being wealthy, this, the, the Bible talks about uh, uh, the ungodly prospering. But if you keep reading, it's not lasting. Right. Yeah. The way of the sinner and the way of the ungodly is the way of self-centeredness. That's the reason it doesn't last. Yeah, that's right. The way that the righteous go, it's not all about us. It's about God. Yeah. And in the process, he blesses us. Yeah. Can you say amen? Give him a shout if you believe it. Now, you can't expect God to bless you when you're walking their path. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3, very familiar scripture to you. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Hallelujah. Whatsoever this man does will eventually produce prosperity. Amen. But notice there is the the, the two paths that are mentioned there, there's the path of the sinner, the unrighteous, then there's the path of God. And the person that's on the path of God, you know, they don't always, and this is is probably the reason so many people don't stay on that path, it doesn't always produce what they want immediately. But it will produce. You just have to stick with it. Amen. Amen. And and the mentality of so many people today is, you know, we live in this quick, fast, you know, high-paced, fast-paced society where we want God's Word working for us, you know, before dark. Or if not, we're not going to play anymore. Amen. I mean, how many of you remember when McDonald's came out? I remember when McDonald's came out in our town in Shreveport, Louisiana. We always had the Dairy Queen down the road, and McDonald's opened a place right across the road. And, you know, if you went to the Dairy Queen and ordered a hamburger and a malt, you know, it took a little while, particularly if there was a lot of people there. It took a little while, you know. But we didn't mind. We, we, we knew it was going to take a little while. And then McDonald's opened up across the street. And, and eventually they had a drive through. Dairy Queen didn't have a drive through. And people started going to McDonald's. And they'd line up and they'd drive through. And, and almost before you could get your order placed, they already got their food. Now it tastes like cardboard, but it was fast. <laughs> Amen. I mean, you remember when a good pizza used to take at least 40 minutes? You know, now you can call on the phone, place an order. And by the time you get there, it's ready. In fact, if you don't get there quick, it'll be cold when you get there. <laughs> Amen. I came up with a great idea years ago. Somebody ought to invent this. It's called toss a order. You don't even have to stop. Just go down the freeway and they'll throw it in your car <laughs> and you throw the money back. And whoever invents it, I get the tithe because I thought of it. <laughs> and, and people today, they, they treat God that way. Now, Lord, I saw in your word here that if I give, it'll be given unto me. And if it's not given back to me before dark, I'm done. Not plan no more. You can't do God that way. And so that's the reason a lot of times people don't stick with it. Sticking with it is called faithful Amen. Sticking with it is called faithful. You know, the Bible promises that if if you are a tither, that eventually the windows of heaven will be open unto you and God will pour out blessing that there is not room enough to contain. Now you show me anywhere in that verse where it says by dark (laughs) or by the end of the week. It doesn't say that. But he does promise that the windows of heaven will be opened and he will pour out blessing upon you that you will not be able to contain it all. And if you can't contain it all, that means you're blessing other people with it. Praise God. Amen. That's what will happen if you stick with it. If you're faithful. Yeah, but how long does it take, Brother Jerry? You can't be asking questions like that. Your attitude has got to be, I am here forever. I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. Amen. I don't ever come to church without bringing my tithe check. And I've been living that way now for 48 years. Hallelujah. I don't forget my tithe check. I didn't forget my britches, did I? I don't forget my tithe check. It's my life. And it's what's brought me into flourishing. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. So you got to be a doer of the word and doers stick with it. Can you say amen? amen? Eventually this person will prosper in everything that he does. So that sounds like flourishing, doesn't it? Notice the word scornful again. He does not sit with the scornful. What does that mean? It means people that have no respect for the Word of God. People that have no respect for the Word of God. Don't hang around people like that. Don't allow them to be your best friends. You can love them. (laughs) Love them by faith. But don't let them influence you. Amen. You don't sit with the scornful. Now, that position of... Sitting means that uh, you've you've taken a restful place. You know, you've you've come to the table. You've sat down with them. You're engaged in conversation. You don't sit with scornful people. People that have no respect for the Word of God. People that keep telling you it doesn't work. And scornful people are not only non-believers. There are some Christians who are scornful. Well, we don't believe that. We tried it and it didn't work. We've been Christians as long as you have. Now, scornful people don't have to be non-believers. Some of them go to church, but they have no respect for the Word of God. In in the Bible, it says uh, in Galatians chapter 6, it talks about the person that, that uh, doesn't believe in the law of seed time and harvest. You don't run with people like that. Yeah, right. Amen. You don't, you don't become best friends with people that don't believe in seed time and harvest. Yeah, that's right. God is not mocked, the Bible said. Uh-huh. And people that have no respect for the Word of God, they're the ones going around saying, all that sowing and and, and all that giving you're doing, it don't work. They're mocking God. Yeah, that's right. They're scornful. That's right. You You don't. Spend a lot of time fellowshipping with people that have no respect for the Word of God. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? These are just simple truths from God's Word. You know, I found out long ago, when you, when you become a doer of the Word, you also have to become selective about your friends. Yeah, yes, sir. That's right. Amen. I'm preaching a lot better than you're shouting, praise God. So don't sit with scornful people. Don't, don't fellowship. Become best friends with people that express contempt for the Word of God. A lack of respect. They don't really believe what God's Word says. And if you're not careful, they can have influence on you. These are not the kind of people that you want to run with. The Bible says in Hebrews 6.12... That you be followers of those who faith and patience inherit the promises. So you find people that it's working for. Find people that are experiencing the fulfillment of his promises, praise God. Where do you find people like that? Well, it should be people like that all over this church, praise God. Amen. Are there any people in here that the word is working for? Anybody in here that that can testify that the promises are coming to pass in your life? Lift both hands and give the Lord a shout. Praise God. Amen. That's the reason you should not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You need, you need people. Iron sharpens iron. You need to hear the testimonies of people that have stood in faith, stood in with patience, didn't give up. You need to be around people like that. Particularly if you're on the verge of giving up, yeah. yes, sir. can you say amen? Amen. amen? So don't sit with scornful people, people that have, have uh, no respect or no regard for the word of God. Follow those who, through faith and patience, inherit the promises. Get on the path their own. Amen. Proverbs thirteen twenty says, "He that walketh with wise men shall be wise." He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. The Lord taught me years ago. That's the law of increase by association. You associate with people that it's working for. My best friends, praise God. And I thank God that he's arranged it over the years. I didn't make it happen. I just, I did what he said from what I found in the word back there 48 years ago. He said, your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. And, I, and, and back then, nobody knew who I was. And, and I said, Lord, uh, if what you're saying here is true, and I believe it is, then you're saying I'll never have to be self-promoting. Yeah. Good. Yes. Amen. That if I will find out what my gift is, and I cultivate it, and I protect it, then it will bring me before great men. So I found out what my gift was. I cultivated it. I protected it, praise God. And as a result of it, it brought me before some of the greatest men and women of our generation. Amen. Hallelujah. I became preaching partners with some of the greatest men of our generation. Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagin, T.L. Osborne, Oral Roberts, I mean the list goes on and on and on And I did it with that scripture A man's gift Will bring him before great men Amen And so those kind of people Became my best friends I never got around Oral Robertson he told me impossible I never got around Kenneth Hagin and said you can't do it I never got around Kenneth Copeland in fact Kenneth Copeland would be the first to say you can do it Amen One of the most valuable lessons that I learned in the early days of my walk with the Lord. And and I I didn't like it when I heard it at first. You know, and I had the opportunity to ask Brother Copeland one time. When I was just, you know, three or four months old in the Lord. I said, Brother Copeland, I'm doing everything I heard you say on those tapes. But it's not working. That's the dumbest thing I ever said. (laughs) He looked at me with him piercing eyes, you know, just burning right through you. Your big problem's your mouth or your problem's your big mouth. You need to learn the vocabulary of silence. He walked off, left me with that. I said, my problem is my big mouth. I am the only person in this church that likes you. He made me mad. And I said, the vocabulary of silence? What in the world is the vocabulary of silence? And he just walked off and left me. I was a man. I walked into that bedroom. And back in those days, it was reel-to-reel tapes. I walked in there and I got my favorite tape of his called The Word of Faith. I walked outside and I rolled it down the street. I watched 1,400 feet of reel-to-reel tape go down the street. I walked in the house and I was going to get another one. I was mad at him. My big mouth. And I grabbed my second tape and the Lord said, just before I rolled this one down the street, he said, the answer to your problem is rolling down the street. I went and got it and rolled it back up, you know. It started out this big. It was this big now. I said, Lord, did you hear what he said? I'm the only one who likes him in this whole church. And he had the audacity to insult me. He said, my problem is my big mouth. I said, Lord, what is my problem? He said, your big mouth. I said, you got that off Copeland. He said, I didn't get it off Copeland. Copeland got it off me. And he said, and you need to learn the vocabulary of silence. I said, you too. I said, what is the vocabulary of silence? He said, if you can't talk my word, keep your big mouth shut. Yes, sir. Amen. I went to church that night, and Brother Copeland called me back in the, in the closet back there where the choir robes were. He said, do you understand what I told you today? I said, yes, sir. He said, all right, you can leave. Praise God. So I got control of my mouth. Talk the word. If you can't talk the word, shut up. I mean, if you've heard me say the wisest investment that a believer could buy today is duct tape. Buy your robe. You can't talk the word, put a piece across your mouth until you can talk the word. Amen. Amen. See, this is the path that leads to flourishing. Amen. You you don't you don't flourish in the things of God talking the world's way. You don't flourish in the things of God talking lack and and poverty and want and sickness and disease and I can't and and will never. No, you you have to get that kind of vocabulary out of your life. Now, it's not a matter of just getting that out of your life. It's replacing it with the word of God. Amen. Amen? Amen. Put a guard over your vocabulary. Put a guard over your vocabulary. So learn to walk with wise men. Walk with, with, with people that it's working for. Those are wise people, people that it's working for. Walk with them. Associate with them. Yes. Brother Copeland asked me to come and speak to his staff a few years ago. And, and there's over 500 people that work over, over the ministry there. When I was there, it was, it was like seven of us, including Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. I like to remind him. When you lose a good man, it takes 490 of them to replace him, praise God. And so uh, he asked me to come and talk to his staff. And, of and, and, course, I'm the historian for Kenneth Copeland Ministries because I've been there almost since its conception. He was only, he'd been in the ministry two years when I went to work with him. So I was on the ground floor. And so he wanted me to come and, and talk about the early days and, 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 and the word of faith. And the impact that it made and so forth. And I brought up the scripture. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. Notice it didn't say he that worketh with wise men. It's walketh. That's good. And I brought that up. I said, there's a lot of you in here that work for this ministry. That what's happening to the Copelands is not happening to you. But what happened to the Copelands did happen to me. Because I didn't just work with a wise man. I walked with him. There's a difference. Walking with a wise man means that you take on his way of living. You take on uh, his philosophies. You take on his his uh, uh, how shall I say? You you take on uh, the mannerisms, uh, the the principles that he operates in. That's what you take on. Amen. And you can you can you can work with successful people, and you not be successful. But you can't walk with them and not be successful. Amen. I've had people work in this ministry. A lot of people have worked in this ministry that you know have come and gone, and and none of none of what's happening to me happened to them because they only worked here. They didn't walk with me. Those that walked with me, they're flourishing. Praise God. Amen. They're flourishing. Isn't that right? They're flourishing. Praise God. Amen. So there's a big difference. It's not just work with people that are successful. You walk with them. That's the law of increase by association. Then the latter part of that verse says, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. I like while the message reads, hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Hang out with fools and you want your life fall to pieces. Fools are simply people who do not have respect for God's Word. In fact, the book of Proverbs gives you a lot of verses about what God thinks a fool is. Read them all. And then once you read them all, be thou not one. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Amen. So don't hang out with people that have no respect for God's Word. Don't hang out with people that keep telling you, we tried it, and it didn't work. Right. Just just smile real big, you know, and, and, and thank them for coming, and then walk away and say, I will not be moved by what I just heard. I'm only moved by what I believe, and I believe the Word of God. I'm sorry it didn't work for them, but it is working for me. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen. These are keys to the path to flourishing, important keys to the path to flourishing. Now, just because God said that does not mean it's going to come to pass unless you're doing his word. Amen. 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 You're on the path when you do his word. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Trust in the Lord With all your heart Don't lean to your own understanding If you get up on Sunday morning And you hear in your own understanding You can't afford to tithe today Don't lean to that That is Satan's attempt To keep you from flourishing Amen If you if you, you know, are, are in a situation where you have an opportunity to either get in strife or get in or, or to stay in love, and you hear in your own understanding, give them a piece of your mind. They deserve it. Don't follow that. Lean not to your own understanding. Yeah, right. Amen? Amen. That's good. That's good. Somebody came up with years ago uh, uh, kind of a campaign. What would Jesus do? You know, think of that way. What would Jesus, how would Jesus respond to this? How would he handle this situation? So it's important that once again, you stay on the path. And that path will eventually lead to flourishing. Now, do you remember what the New International Version said about Psalm 65? His path overflows with abundance. His path overflows abundance. With abundance, The King James said it drops fatness. It overflows with abundance. That's flourishing. So once again, the first thing you have to do is no longer lean to your own understanding. But trust the Lord. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. His word has to be final authority. Submit to it, whether you like it or not. Submit to it and then refuse to relent. If Y'all don't respond better. I'm going somewhere else to preach. I know you're taking it all in. Hallelujah. You're the thinkers, right? Submit to it. Refuse to relent. Don't ever allow yourself to be influenced by what other people say. If you're willing to do this then you will remain on the path to flourishing. Amen. Look at somebody and say, I'm committed. I'm committed. Are you sure you're committed? Before I go any further, are you sure you're committed? Because I'm through, I'm through my introduction. I'm getting into the nitty gritty now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and ask him, are you sure you're committed? Okay, then we'll keep reading. We're talking about God's path to flourishing. God's path to life. God's path to abundance. God's path to flourishing. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 3. Oh, you know where I'm headed. Look at verse 5. Trust in the Lord. Once again, we read this. With all thine heart, lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance. And with the first fruits of thine increase, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. That scripture, you could write right in the middle of it and not change any of the meaning of it. So shall you flourish. Amen. Your barns will be filled with plenty. The presses will burst out with new wine. That's flourishing. Now, I think it's interesting that before he got into the honor of the Lord part, he wanted to make sure you were committed yes. by saying, in all thy ways, acknowledge him yes. and he will direct thy paths. Amen. So if you're truly going to acknowledge him, then that means you acknowledge his word. Yes. And, and his word becomes final authority in your life. So what does he say? Now this is the path to flourishing. There's no such thing as flourishing without honoring the Lord with your substance. Amen. Amen. There's just no way of right. achieving That's that. Right. Amen. Come on. Stingy people don't flourish. That's right. Amen. Amen. Come on. Amen. 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 People that withhold don't flourish. Amen. It's just basic Bible 101. <laughs> Amen. So notice, honor the Lord with thy substance, and it will produce plenty. And, of course, plenty is just another word for flourishing. Honor the Lord with thy substance. Honor Him. Honoring Him with your substance puts you on the path to flourishing. Now, to honor means to show respect. It's just the opposite of being scornful. remember, the scornful has no respect for the word. But to honor him means to have respect for the word, have respect for him. So I know I'm getting really serious here. So people that don't honor the Lord with their substance, could we say, and being biblically correct, that they're scornful. Sir, Amen. Man. They're scornful. Yeah, that's good. They have no respect for the word. Mm-hmm. Come on. And and of course you can dress it up right. any way you want. Yes, well, Brother Jerry, we just can't afford to tithe. Yeah. <laughs> that's the biggest lie the devil ever told you. That's right, exactly. That's right. You can't afford not to. That's right. <laughs> Amen. Come on. Honor the Lord with thy substance. Notice we're on this path. You can't all see this, but these squares here, you know, they go all the way to the end of the auditorium and and they form a path. And I'm on that path, and part of this path, being on this path, requires me to honor the Lord with my substance. Now, I don't consider that, I don't consider my honoring him with my substance as a chore. Because I wouldn't have any substance to honor him with if it wasn't for him. Remember, it's the Lord thy God who giveth thee the power to get wealth. Everything I have, he's the author of it. He's the one who blessed me with it. So I don't don't consider that a religious obligation to give back to him. I consider it an honor. Hallelujah. Amen. A joy, praise God. Because I wouldn't have a thing if it wasn't for him. So I'm on this path. And as as I'm on this path, I honor him with my substance. And what does he do? As I honor him, he just keeps causing flourishing to come. I just keep flourishing. And if I'm flourishing, I have more to honor him with. Praise God. I mean, I started out with little, you know, I had very little to honor him with when I first started this, this principle in my life, first started applying it in my life. I had very little, but praise God, we kept at it. We kept at it. Uh, When I moved here to go to work with brother Copeland, we had been here just a couple of days And I went on my first meeting with him. And we were going to be out three weeks. And by the time I got my family moved in this little house over on Stanley Street, just a little tiny house, we were paying $100 a month for rent. And we had to give them $100 up front for deposit. And when I got through turning the electricity on and all that, I had $3 left to give my wife, to take care of her and two babies. And then I'm going to be gone for three weeks. Now, don't tell me I've never experienced what you have. And I gave her that $3. And I said, sweetheart, I am so sorry, but this is all I have. She said, don't worry about it. God's going to take care of us. And I'll never forget what she said. For the first time in our lives, we're in the perfect will of God. Now, you go serve Brother Copeland. Don't worry about me and the girls. God will take care of us. And you know what she did? She went to church. That was a Saturday. She went to church the next morning, Grace Temple, Brother Harold Nichols. She walked in there, sat down, and when it came time for tithes and offerings, she took the $3 she had to her name and put it in the offering plate for her tithes and offerings. Walked out of there, praise God, got back to the house. And back then, all she had was cut down maternity dresses. She'd had two babies, you know, one right after the other, 13 months apart. All she had, the best she had was dresses that had been let out for her pregnancy and taken back in when she delivered. And she took off her cut down maternity dress, hung it up, and for some reason... Decided to go look in the pocket again to see if she left anything in there. When she reached in the pocket, she found a fifty-dollar bill that somebody put in there. Didn't even know it until she got home. Somebody at church put a fifty-dollar bill in her in her pocket. She found it when she got home. She went to church that night and she put five dollars out of that fifty into the tithes and offerings that night. See, honoring the Lord with her substance, honoring the Lord. With her substance, she needed all that $50 and more. But she honored the Lord with her substance. Why? Because he was the reason she had substance to begin with. And God took care of her those entire three weeks. In fact, took care of her better than I got taken care of on the road. You know, Praise God. Amen. And we practiced that. All these years, we honor the Lord with our substance. I don't think in terms of not doing that. That's not an option. Amen. Get to the place where honoring the Lord with your substance is no longer an option for you. You do it, praise God. That's being on that path, on that path to flourishing, praise God. And God promises that you will continue to flourish. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, once again, to honor means to show respect for God and for his word. It also means to abide by what he says. And it also means to observe and to do. You ever heard those phrases in the Bible? To observe and to do. Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2. And it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, then all these blessings. Notice, after a person observes and does, they have the promise that all these blessings will come on them and overtake them. That's flourishing, praise God. Come on, somebody give the Lord a good shout. Observe and do. If you keep reading, you'll find this list of blessings, and one of them is found in verse 11, and it says, And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods. What are you doing? You're observing and doing. You're finding out what God's Word says, and you commit yourself to be a doer of it. That's keeping you on the path. I'm on the path. I'm honoring the Lord with my substance. I'm keeping and I'm doing, praise God. And he promises that eventually I will reach the place where I will have plenty. I will flourish, hallelujah. Blessings will come on me and overtake me, hallelujah. Tony was with me on this this trip, and and, uh, most of these folks up here on the front were with me on this trip. Was I not blessed everywhere I went? Everywhere. Everywhere I went. I was blessed. Blessings came on me, and blessings overtook me. I get off the airplane, and I say, blessings, if you're looking for me, I'm in South Africa. Come on me. Overtake me. Hallelujah. I'm going to Wales. Come on, blessings. I'm going to England. Come on, blessings. Now I'm going to Italy. Come on, blessings. And I got blessed everywhere I went. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word is true. Praise God. Amen. Amen. The word is true. God is faithful. Yes, yes. Plenteous means more than enough. Yes. That's flourishing. And if you are truly honoring God, oh, this this keeps you on the path. Now you reach this place if you study the word enough. You finally reach this place. Honoring God means giving Him my best. Giving him my best. David once said, I will not give God anything that did not cost me something. I won't give God anything that did not cost me something. In other words, I'm not I'm I'm not looking for an old sheep that's got both eyes missing one leg missing. Well, the Lord, this is good enough for him. Uh Uh-uh. You honor God with your best. I had a had a guy buy me five brand new suits. They were beautiful suits, ties and shirts and the works. Brought them to a meeting and blessed me with them. And, uh, I took them home, I had them altered and I was getting ready to go preach at Oral Roberts University and the Lord said I asked, I asked the Lord at first, I said God I need about $30,000 to finish a project in Kenya He said when you get to ORU I want you to give those five suits away I just got them I hadn't even worn them Hmm. so I just kind of sat on that for a moment I sat sitting in the back of my airplane and I said okay God uh, when I, uh, I I need this $30,000 and I need it really quick they're waiting on it he said when you get to ORU I want you to bless a man with your briefcase and put $500 cash in it I said Lord I really need that thirty thousand dollars. He said, "When you get to our U, there's a family there that'll be in the meeting that have a ministry of giving to the poor. Give them that brand new van you just bought." I said, "I won't talk to you no more." I said, "No." He was setting me up. Yes, yes. See, what was he asking me to do? Give my best okay. uh, yeah. suits I never worn, van I never drove. Five hundred dollars I never spent, a briefcase that was given to me in South Africa, and I sold it all. And not only did he bless me with that thirty thousand dollars, but more so. Hallelujah! You can never outgive God. Never outgive God. Can you say Amen? So, if you're on this path that leads to flourishing, you honor God with your substance, and eventually you'll come to the place where you recognize. And it means my best. It means my best. The best seed I have. Can you say amen? Amen. I'm about to close here. What time is it? How much time I got? As long as I want. Okay. Praise God. Lock the doors. God's command to Abraham was that I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. Flourishing is for being a blessing. Amen. Flourishing is not so we can hoard it up on ourselves. Oh, by the way, I didn't finish that story. I was in Miami and I left the service one night and I was going to the car and a man started shouting, Brother Jerry, Brother Jerry, Brother Jerry. I stopped and he said, wait, wait. I have something for you. And he brought me four. 14 brand new suits. Hallelujah. 14. Glory to God. And he said, and that's just the start. And that man eventually gave me 40 suits over a period of about four years. Hallelujah. You can never out give God. Amen. Give God your best. Hallelujah. Amen. So flourishing... Is so that we can be a blessing. I asked the Lord, what do you mean by a blessing? He said, becoming my instrument and my vessel. Whereby you bring joy and happiness to someone else. And preventing misfortune in their lives. That's what a blessing is. God wants you to flourish so that you can be a blessing. Galatians 6.10. As we have therefore opportunity. Let us do good unto all men. Especially unto them that are of the household of faith. The Amplified Bible says, be mindful to be a blessing. Carolyn wrote a book years ago, Born to be a Blessing. That's what what life is all about. It's being a blessing. Be mindful to be a blessing. Always look for opportunities to sow into the lives of others. That's keeping you on the path to flourishing. I'll wrap it up with... A couple of more scriptures. Proverbs eleven twenty four and 25. <clears throat> there is that scattereth and yet increaseth. The New International Version says, One person gives freely and at the same time he gains even more. The Amplified Bible says, And he increases all the more. And the uh, modern English Version says, As he's giving and scattering seed, he will be made even richer. Yeah, Amen. So flourishing is not just to consume on ourselves. Flourishing is so that we can fulfill Amen. the call of Abraham. Right. We're Abraham's seed. That's right. The blessing of Abraham belongs to us. But we also have to accept the call of Abraham. Amen. And the call of Abraham is to be a blessing. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Amen. One person gives freely. And gains even more. That's flourishing. And he goes on to say. The liberal soul shall be made fat. And he that watereth shall be watered also himself. The message translation says. Those that bless others. Will be abundantly blessed. That's flourishing. Folks there is a path. I said there is a path. All you have to do is get on it. Praise God. Get on it. Stay on it. And praise God, it'll lead to flourishing. It'll lead to a, to a life that is beyond anything you've ever experienced. Life better than you've ever dreamed. Can you give the Lord the best shout you've got? <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> Amen. How many of you are on the path? Praise <laughs> God. Glory to God. If you're not, get on it. Get on that path. It leads to flourishing. It leads to the abundant life. Hallelujah. Stay on it. Don't let anybody talk you into getting off that path. Praise God. Some people going around saying today the word don't work. You don't have to do the word anymore. Turn a deaf ear to that. The Bible says be doers of the word. Amen. It's not just all going to be handed to you without you being a doer of the word. right. Praise God. Stand to your feet, if you will. Praise God. Man, I've had fun today. How about you? I'm on that path. I do not intend to get off. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Lift your hands and let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus. Justin, come and join me right, right here. Justin and I set ourselves in agreement where two or three agree as touching anything they ask, it shall be done for them of their Father which is in heaven. So in the name of Jesus, we set ourselves in agreement that those that are on the path will flourish and no devil can keep them from ha- keep it from happening in their lives. Those that are on the path will experience abundance. They'll not lack. They'll not live in need for the rest of their lives. They'll never be poor another day of their life. They'll never be without in the name of Jesus for God Himself upholds them. And Your Word says, Heavenly Father, You've never seen the righteous forsaken nor the seed out begging bread. So we thank You, Father, that You are a faithful God You have never, never failed us. And you're not going to begin now. So we speak over them, flourishing in the name of Jesus. Come on, shout flourishing with me. Flourishing with me. Hallelujah. And Justin, point to one of those cameras. All of you that are watching by way of internet, we pray in the name of Jesus that you too will flourish. And that this word has, has dropped Thank into your Jesus, spirit. And you, from Jesus. this day forward, and you won't be a hearer God. only, but Thank you'll God. be a doer of the Thank word. You'll Jesus. get on the path, Thank stay God. on the path Hallelujah. and God will honor it and flourishing Thank will you, come Jesus. in Jesus, Jesus name. Amen. Come on, Amen. let's give the Lord a good shout. Hallelujah.